1: Everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fakey Media Network. For the first time in a long time, happy Monday to you all as we begin a brand new week in WWE as the road to WrestleMania continues. We are a little over a month away. Until the biggest WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 40 XL, going down in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Keila Cash, and by my as always, is my co-captain, my right handy, sometimes advocate for the winning, Von Wagner. This past Tuesday on NXT, I bring to you back on the wrap, the one and only Salty Scott Young. Welcome back, Salty.
2: Thank you for having me, Keila. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. Big Daddy V's back on a winning streak. Shout out to Lexus King for taking that L. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited. We're back on our regular slot and we're back on schedule. Um, that's all because of me that we weren't on schedule, but we're back on schedule. Everything's back on the roll and uh, we had a good week at WWE. I don't have a 21-minute rant to give you here on video, but, uh, you know, you'll get some on the, throughout the show. Maybe it might accumulate to 21 minutes.
1: Okay, if we could actually patchwork all of your rants and see if they actually combine to a cool 21 minutes and 45 seconds to be exact, that is a winner. I actually sat back on Friday and listened and watched all 21 minutes of The Rock's promo on social media. I loved it. Of course, he's doing the absolute most, but I lived. And I have to say, the highlight for me, and I tweeted this out, was the fact that he came for Cody's dog, Pharaoh, kept calling Cody and his goofy ass dog, too. Like, what did Pharaoh ever do to you? And my only hope is that Cody brings Pharaoh to SmackDown in Dallas next Friday night when they make the decision. And I hope that Pharaoh finds the rock's clothes preferably some under armor or versace and i hope that pharaoh pees and takes a shit on the rocks gear
2: that actually wouldn't be a bad segment um have rock and all bloodline in the ring and then you just see pharaoh then you pull him away and there's just some poop turds all around rocks clothes wouldn't be that's not bad or in the bag you know maybe you could have randy orton walk by and say nice Nice move oh there, you know. That's, <laughs> not, hey, Keela, we're on something here. huh? If it happens, we know they listen to the rap, but that's not bad. You know, Randy Orton can make a little cameo. You know, him and Roman still got a little beef, so there's that. Um, I'm with it. I'm with it.
1: That is sick and twisted, and that is meta on every level possible that Randy walks by and says, oh, I remember when I did that almost 20 years ago. Good job, Pharaoh. Congratulations right. to you.
2: Might even give him the thumbs up.
1: He might. That'd be so fucked up, but. Good boy yes good boy the goodest boy Pharaoh like that dog took so many strays during The Rock's promo but I loved it it was over the top he dropped some nuggets of knowledge in there and he did fill a lot of plot holes we were wondering about heading into Wrestlemania and I like the visuals and him coming for David LeGrecker, which was hilarious like The Rock maximized all twenty all 21 minutes and 41 seconds and I was entertained and I thought that was one of The Rock's better promos kept it in line and he tried to carry some of that material to SmackDown as we'll get to later, but he really made good use of social media to really get people talking before SmackDown. And that might be something he does moving forward. Like he is, he's in Hawaii the night before, let me film this shit talking promo for 20 minutes, drop it to the people, get you ready for the next city.
2: Yeah. um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, um, it was, it was Rock 2024, and uh, I I thought he was great in it. Talked about everybody, got got some Seth Rollins jabs in there as well, and uh, promoted all his SmackDown dates, which I thought, you know. So he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna be here, so y'all tune in, y'all show up, sell it out, let's let's get it popping. So I, he hit all the boxes, you know. He he you know talked about what his role is now in TKO, and was like, "Listen, I run this. I can do whatever I want, Seth. So you better be careful with that title." And which, again, plays into the story because Seth probably is going to lose. And I could absolutely see The Rock coming out, hitting the rock bottom at WrestleMania or at, or at Seth or something during night two um, to lead to the to pinfall loss. But, yeah, it's um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the the 21 minute rant that he gave us.
1: Yes, and he made it a point to note that I am not on the board of directors on the WWE. I am on the TKO Mm -hmm. board of the directors. I am on the parent company's board. I am your boss, basically, essentially. I look at your checks and I basically verify.
2: He, you know, they always they've been chanting "Who's your daddy?" Sometimes at these WWE shows, where there you go, Mm -hmm. he's the TKO daddy.
1: For life until he dies. That's basically where it stands or until he steps down and says, hey, Ava, you want to take my seat in 30 years? Very good possibility. But yeah, the man's locked in for life, got his trademarks, got his name. He is not going anywhere but he has put off a power play and he's making it known in storyline. And I think that's a pretty cool, a cool way to forward that storyline heading into WrestleMania. Before we get into what happened on SmackDown, which was something, let's briefly dive into our second favorite discussion, which, which is the NBA Western Conference standings. And I watched a game tonight as we were recording this episode And it was the Denver Nuggets, the reigning defending NBA champions versus the 2020 NBA champs, the Los Angeles Lakers. And it was a mixed bag for the L.A. Lakers as LeBron James is the first player ever to cross 40,000 points. It is going to be a milestone that is going to be pretty hard to beat in the years to come in the NBA. Will it be matched maybe in 30 years, 40, 50? I don't know. Scott's shaking his head, highly unlikely, but it is a remarkable feat. But unfortunately, they lost to the Nuggets, and the Lakers are now 33-29 Six and four in their last ten, and they're right behind the Warriors, who've been on a streak lately. They're thirty-two and twenty-seven, eight and two in their last ten, and they're trying to scrape their way into the top six to avoid the play-in in a month and a half.
2: You know, I, as far as the game goes, we gave it away in the fourth. They outscored us eleven to two in the last uh, three minutes, or it might have been thirteen to four in the last two minutes three minutes of the game uh d'angelo Russell's on the bench for some reason when the last four or five minutes of the games is when he's been at his best he's been hitting clutch shots for us uh the last f- six seven games going before the all-star break uh, and this guy's got cam reddish in who still getting his legs underneath him is a defensive guy when you need offense You just got to pick your spots. And, again, we're playing against Darvin Ham and the other team. So it's six on five every day. I think we're doing a good job with that. We'll be in the sixth seed, though. Vando's coming back. We still got the greatest thief in NBA history, so hopefully he can at least hit a couple shots when he steps on the court. Um, AD's giving you 15 and 11 when he goes against Joker. It's just not good enough. You know, I think maybe he had 20. Maybe he had 20. But if he did, like, come on, bro. Joker had 30. Drop 30 on you. You just – we got to – he's got to bring it every night. Like LeBron can't be the guy. It it just, it's, it's like that LeBron can't be the guy. And until that changes, we're just going to be in the middle of the pack.
1: Yeah. And that's not going to change anytime soon, unfortunately. And I am trying to pull up the numbers for Anthony Davis. He scored 17 points. There we
2: go. 11 rebounds. Probably two assists,
1: no blockies, just two assists.
2: And, 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 you know, Darwin Ham's playing Anthony Davis off of, I, I don't want to get into this cause I'm a, I, I you know, I'll, I'll match that 21 minute rant, but I will say <laughs> Anthony Davis is like, he's got him playing <laughs> off of Joker. He's got Rui on him instead of LeBron. who has got a little bit more physicality to him. And then, you know, AD's trying to switch out on guards who are going out with Market J. Well, and Porter Jr. is coming through because he's 6'10". So it's just like, why not just match up your best guy with your best guy and everybody else just got to lock in. These are the type of coaching issues and problems that are just going to plague the team all year long. But we can move on because I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get rolling and this will turn into a big old snowball.
1: Okay, and now I have my camera ready to make sure I have you ready to go. I'm going to give you like this Hawaiian backdrop, maybe. <laughs> give you some terramana tequila to sip, you know, maybe some Zoa to sip on as well to make I'm sure it's mama the mama I want Mama Wana. <laughs> I want my Mama Wana. <laughs> Just set the tone perfectly for your 21-minute rant as to why the Lakers need to do better in terms of coaching. But that will come as they hopefully get into the – Out of the play-in, but into the top six, they have time. As we talked off the air, like after the top five, if you go on like a five-game winning streak and those teams fall off a little bit, it's easy for the Lakers and Warriors to sneak in there and take those spots. That's my dream. Scott's more of a, like, I want misery and pain on my path to heartbreak. So I'm the optimist wanting both to avoid bullshit. Scott's like, no, not really. I'll take the heartbreak path if need be. And I respect that.
2: Yeah, give me the shenanigans.
1: <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the week that was in WWE. Starting off with Monday Night Raw, going down live from a sold-out S and P Center in San Jose, California, the Tank, where the San Jose Sharks play. And we had the New Day versus Imperium in a street fight. And Michael Cole been noting they've been beefing for two years. I'm like, um. My- um I don't agree with that timeline for some reason. Are we talking sporadically for the last 2 years? I don't recall like a stead and fast Imperium, New Day rivalry, but whatever. But they've had months-long feuds here on Monday Night Raw, and we culminated via the street fight, which is really good. The New Day came out rupping the San Jose Sharks, a losing team noted by some heels later on in the show and they came out there rock they came out there rocking the jerseys Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods and Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci gave them a fight through the crowd in the ring we had tease table spots that the heels deliberately tried to hold back on because you don't want to give the people what they want you don't want to put people through a table to give the people a pop but overall I really enjoyed the physicality it was very violent we had some very stiff kendo stick shots I was wondering to myself it was still Black History Month so um choices but
2: what yeah what's your name boy like that's, I was waiting on Ludwig to be like what's your name boy no. <laughs> yes guy 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 got visions for a second I was like oh PTSD <laughs> and I to turn this off <laughs> come back to this on Thursday <laughs>
1: Or or March first, to be fair. But um <laughs> they nah, both need, took I need, licks. I need March
2: first to recover. I'll be I'll be back March second.
1: <laughs> so like they got reparations during the match too when they gave it to Ludwig and Giovanni. I saw their backs, they were bruised up, they were bloody. So they got their licks in as well. But shockingly enough, despite the new day's best efforts, and it was some really cool near falls in this match. Imperium got the W and I was like pleasantly surprised. I love the new day down. I love Kofi. I love Xavier so much but they've done so much and WWE have accomplished so much and they don't need the wins as much. At this stage in at this stage in their career, when they're trying to elevate another team like Imperium to be taken seriously, and just maybe a couple of years ago, Giovanni Vinci with Giovanni Vinci was deliberately separated from Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser. He was just being a model on NXT, doing toothy grins and poses and stuff. And now he's back where he needs to be, and they're getting pushed as a viable, serious tag team heading into WrestleMania season. And it seems as if that tension that was building between Vinci and Gunther has died off a bit via this win that they needed in a very good physical, hardcore match.
2: Yeah. And before I get to the match and, and you know, everything around that, the one thing I do want to note and talk about and, and and point out that for these big matches that they have and the ones that they've kind of, they hype up and, you know, they, they do the walk-ins for the, the big matches they had Kofi and them walking in and, you know, talking about the match. The graphic that they gave, uh, going into the commercial right before where they were, they showed like a little clip, little stills of all the of both the teams, and they brought it together: New Day versus Imperium. Little things like that, I, I think, are just really cool and add a lot to the product and make it feel like this is different. This is okay. Let's let's see what we got. This feels like a big match. You know, the the two years thing is ludicrous, um, and not Chris <laughs> Bridges. Uh, but like, I, but besides that, I, I thought the way they built and talked about the match and hyped it up like it felt like a big deal it felt like a culmination right here um i know they got sammy and everybody being like yo gunther i'm here i'm here i come i'm still holding out hope for big e man like xavier and kofi are going to be down big you know they this is a big loss right here they, they, they're they down big right now kofi came up short in his ic title hunt somebody's got to come and boost their boost their morale right so Oh, somebody, somebody's got to come and, and 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 get them hype, so and, and bring the power of positivity back to the new day. But um, the match was a lot of fun. Great way to start. The crowd was was hot for it too. Uh, the table spot was great with Xavier hitting the elbow to the floor. That was a nice spot. Um, but yeah, very enjoyable match.
1: I caught the hints you were dropping the little biggie isms there. Can you feel the power? We hear that via his voice over and we miss it so much. And he's been more out and open and doing personal and public appearances for WWE. That's very refreshing. Maybe it's a sign it has been almost two years since what happened on SmackDown happened. And I hope, and I pray that he's close to being cleared and he's able to get back in the ring and do what he loves. And if that is going to be a WrestleMania surprise, bring it on because I need the guy that champion meet to come back and reclaim his throne because we got other promotions trying to do meat things and I need Biggie to get his residuals because he was the guy that put big meat bumping meat, big meat slapping meat at the forefront years ago, you know.
2: Good thing Dijak's not around. (laughs) Listen, um... (laughs) (laughs) Big, big pause before I go, because I'm just going to start saying stuff and just I don't want to be saying pause the whole time. So big pause here before I even start. As far as the big meat slapping all around. okay? like I said, pause. Um, Big E should have coined and should have copyrighted that, because like you said, we got other promotions. They hyping up big meat matches and then pulling the meat from the matches and putting them in other matches and putting them and, and scrambling the meat. You know, we taking the meat from matches and scrambling it and feeding eight people. What we doing? You know what I'm saying? Don't disrespect the meat. You had a pay-per-view where people were chanting for meat. Slap meat. Pause. <laughs> but I'm just saying, man, like, Biggie, you need to copyright that. Go get your money.
1: And somewhere Sean Stasiak is crying and I can safely say it wasn't meant for you. It was always meant for Biggie. Step aside and let the true meat man come through. But yeah, we've oh, had some. <laughs> God,
2: <dang. laughs>
1: I could help myself, Good. but we need a fair distribution of meat Mo- moving forward. We do. <laughs> It needs to be meaty. It needs to be firm. It needs to be firmly grounded. That's what she said. (laughs) I mean, like,
2: I've been been dying to say that for the last, like, two minutes when you went on your little tirade earlier. I just, I was surprised I could contain myself. I'm sorry. Continue.
1: I'm proud of you. But listen, the meat puns work. And I want the champion of meat to return and let him know that I am the originator of meat slapping and meat bumping and everything in between.
2: champion of meat yes that is, that is a title right there
1: seasoned meat damn it <clears throat> so bring it back all right so we're manifesting good things hopefully that yeah. biggie and all seriousness is on the road to recovery and he's back in wwe very soon we miss him so much and hopefully he can give the new day a boost heading into the heart of WrestleMania season and under, or I should say over a month's time in Philadelphia, as we get to one of my favorite people in professional wrestling who gets unlimited cheddar biscuits, by the way, Drew McIntyre. And he comes out and he is so great talking about, we did it guys. We did it. We prayed for this and it happened. I'm going to WrestleMania and I'm going to be Seth Rollins to become your world heavyweight champion. I'm going to win in front of people. And then he talked about a real injury that happened at at Elimination Chamber and that he had a ruptured eardrum and he, and there was a fear by the doctors that, Hey, Drew, you might not be able to make WrestleMania. Like I don't want to break your heart here, but it doesn't look promising. I don't want you to hurt yourself. I don't want you to do too much. And he says, who do you think I am? see him, punk not gonna sit out Wrestlemania I'm not gonna delay my dreams of being in the prime spotlight here and doing what I need to do to win my championship back so he was very good in this segment he did the sit down cross legs middle of the ring like don't shut up my kilt like Drew's the best he talked about hey CM Punk I know you had a rough week you know not being a part of Wrestlemania not being in Perth for Elimination Chamber thinking this is your moment but let me tell you something i did something for both of us because you're straight edge and you don't drink i drunk double for both of us because Mm -hmm. you couldn't like drew mcintyre is one of the prime haters of 2024 and aj styles had him last week when he flew thousands of miles nearly 24 hours to jump la night that's player hater status but drew to me is still top player hater by coming for cm punk every chance he gets and that leads to seth Rollins coming out his now wrestlemania opponent rematch from crown jewel and all of their matches have been exceptional day one crown jewel um money in the bank back in 2020 with nobody there great matches so drew's like listen seth This little escapade you're on, this little endeavor, this mission you have to be Cody Rose's shield, that needs to stop. Stop getting in the bloodlines business because it's going to affect what we do at WrestleMania. And quite frankly, I don't want a tainted victory at WrestleMania. I don't want my moment or your moment ruined by the bloodline, even though Drew will take the help in in any other matches, but he wants a clean fair fighter wrestlemania and seth notes that listen guy i have been up against the bloodline for a few years now and sometimes some risks are worth taking because let's say roman retains his championship at wrestlemania and let's say you beat me you think he's not going to come for your championship eventually because you will because he wants to consolidate power in WWE. he You think he's not going to come for you down the road. I got to do what I got to do to stop him right here, right now. And if I succeed, great. If I don't, at least I tried. And that's what I got to do. I can assure you, if we take out the bloodline before WrestleMania, our match will be fair and square. You have a fair fight. And if I'm weakened, if I'm beat up the night before, if need be, you got a shot to beat me then. That's easy pickings for you. So either way, you're a winner. And he lets Drew think about that. And I really enjoyed this exchange. It's giving like Avengers Endgame, like everybody's going to assemble at the last minute. People that oppose the bloodline, whether you're heel or baby face, you're going to join together for a common cause because... Seth's right. You think that Roman doesn't want all the championships in WWE again? He's already got two belts in the archives. Why not have a third with the World Ray Championship on top of what he already has? So I really loved the context of this segment. Both guys are living on the microphone, and it gives Drew something to think about. Should he join in in this quest with Seth? But based on what he did to Jey Uso backstage, not right now.
2: Yeah, that's... um that's one thing I wanted to talk about was the, uh, the backstage segment with Jay Uso where he said that, you know, you deserve every bit of this and all that. So yeah, he's, he's a menace. He's a, he's he's a terror. And um, they uh, drew is, 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 is just, he's in a, he's in a, a stride. He's in a zone right now. He can do no wrong. Uh, I I'm expecting him to become champion at WrestleMania. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think the rock interferes in that match, but it, it, this is all of this has happened because of Drew McIntyre and the way that he's been able to spin this. Whenever CM Punk comes back and goes after Drew, which is the entire build of this whole thing, is the build up to CM Punk getting his revenge and taking the title. It's going to be epic, it's going to be a big deal. So, Drew's been great. Uh, Seth is the perfect babyface, ultimate fighter will fight from any condition, whether he's hurt or not. So Um, I'm looking forward to the match.
1: Me too. It's going to be great. And I keep hoping on hope that Drew wins in front of humans and The Rock. You don't have to use your power as a member of the board to make it happen. Just let Drew win. We don't know how Seth is going to be as we'll get to later on in the show, but I'm all for this. I love it. And the segment was a winner to me and Jey Uso we'll see where it we see where it goes from here on out because I think that we got more people trying to fight back against the bloodline when it counts most and we'll get to it later I expect a world record in terms of interference during the main event of Wrestlemania if we think it's going to go where it's going to go but we shall see when we get there in about a month's time as we move on to something we talked about last week that was a very healthy discussion that is now kind of bled into the programming itself because Becky Lynch earned the right to face Rhea Ripley for the Women's World Championship at WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia next month. And is going to be a great match been hyped up for over a year and a half. And we're here for it. But there were some rumblings on social media, a bizarre take of is Becky Lynch over and Scott dropped the bomb ethered that argument and I loved it so I guess Paul Levesque Triple H said hmm let me go on my burner account let me see what the people are talking about oh okay so they got this little debate going on about whether or not Becky Lynch is over pushed. well let me put that on the tv screen shall we so we have Liv Morgan versus Nia Jax and Liv was having her moments but Nia was dominating and then out of nowhere Becky Lynch comes after Nia Jax, who attacked her at the top of the show when she was having a promo exchange with Rhea Ripley. And the referee calls the bell, DQ, Nia gets the win. And Liv Morgan runs up to Becky Lynch and says, not everything is about you. And she walks away. And I'm like, oh my. So they are acknowledging this little conversation, this little tenor, on social media and that is not a barometer for what we see at large with audiences because I think the people locked in with Becky but they do love Rhea Ripley a lot as well that is a proven fact and we'll see in due time where that goes heading into Wrestlemania but the Liv Morgan thread is intriguing to me because she does have a legit gripe she's on this revenge tour and she says it will not end until she gets to Rhea Ripley how she'll get there I don't know But it is planning C's for Becky and Liv down the road. And this Monday on Raw will be part two of Nia Jax versus Becky Lynch. And that plays into Nia beating Becky first day of the year, day one, on Monday Night Raw in San Diego. And we'll see if Becky gets her win back or if Liv costs Becky the win, which convolutes possibilities heading into WrestleMania season.
2: Yeah, I appreciate the fact that you know, Liv is is showing this frustration because she is, like I said last week, she's come up short and been the, the second, you know, runner up just about every one of these big time matches for a big title shot. So, uh, I appreciate that fact. Uh, I guess uh, Nia Jax got buried because Becky Lynch ran in and and jumped her after she was exhausted from the match and got the better of her. So, Nia got buried last week in the in the Becky Lynch burial tour on the way to WrestleMania. <laughs> Um, and I I guess she buried Rio on the mic too, but we won't get to that. Um, but you know, the, the Liv Morgan thing is intriguing because she doesn't have a path to WrestleMania. She doesn't have a, a a clear path. They're probably, they're not going to add her to the match, but I, I like the fact that Becky has these, 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 these hurdles, uh, that she has to go through on her way to WrestleMania. We know her path is set in stone as far as where her destination is. But the fact that she has these little bumps and hurdles that have been set up, For months. This is, you know, the Nia Jax thing has been set up for a while. The fact that we have these in her way and she has to overcome them, I think it's great because I fully expect Liv to come out and she's either going to hit Nia Jax, look at Becky Lynch and hit Nia Jax with the chair to give Nia the win and and be like, gotcha. Or she's just going to come in and start pummeling Becky Lynch. It's going to be one of those two things, or at least it should be. If she just comes in and hits Nia, that's nothing. She needs to look at Becky and be like, yeah, payback. And give and then smash her with the chair because then she gets Nia back and she gets Becky Lynch back. Um, we'll see what they do, but I, like I said, I'm on the the Liv Morgan, you know, fan train. So I appreciate the fact that they're continuing to do something with her, and it shows that they they see something and they are going to continue to build with her. So I appreciate that fact.
1: And there's a commitment and it's not a bad thing to lean in on social media commentary and play up and play it up and stir a line. If you see something, Hey, let's lean into it a little bit. And Becky's never opposed to that. It tells a great story it elevates everybody in the process. And it gives great story. The only thing I don't want is that if you win the Royal Rumble, I don't want add ons for WrestleMania. So they got to figure out how to avoid that because I do want live in the mix but I don't want Nia and Liv and Rhea and Becky. Like, nah, Becky won the Royal Rumble. This is her match. No need for additions in this situation, but we'll see how they play it. But I'm just hoping, and fingers crossed, they will keep this one-on-one, and then at Backlash in France, they can kind of go from there as to what they choose to do next.
2: Yeah, and, you know, listen, (laughs) I'm not opposed to just having another women's match. Like Liv versus Nia could very well be on the show, be on the pre-show. Like, let's not, let's not act like WWE is not going to have like a two hour pre-show for WrestleMania. So uh, there are places for them to be on the card, to get in front of that crowd, to to get the reaction and whatnot and to continue their story. Um, but I, I, like you said, I'm with you. They don't need to add to the match Let's just have another women's match. Let's just give the women's match a stake. Winner gets a title shot. Raw after WrestleMania. Like, give, give, give the match some stake. Like, I'm I'm hoping that you know whoever's not in the 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 IC title match, if they don't do some insane ladder match or something, I hope we get like a number one contenders match or something. Like, these are the type of matches that you can have. Like, you know, WrestleMania is all about. You know, they love to try to put everybody on the card. Well, then let's make these matches mean something. Give them them some purpose. Give them them a meaning. Give them a reason to have them and the reason for people to be like, yo, I'm going out there and I'm about to kill it. So hopefully they get a spot on the show, just not in the title match.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, and I don't want
1: them on a pre-show. I want them on the main show. And the last few years... WWE, outside of the international shows, have avoided matches on the pre-show for WrestleMania. Have it on the main card. You got space for it, and then the winner, as you said, gets Becky and or Rhea the night after WrestleMania. That works for me. Same same with the IC title situation, which is fascinating. You got Judgment Day making challenges. You got Chad Gable making challenges, and I can see the possibility of a multi-man match, maybe the night before WrestleMania, and the winner gets Gunther for night two. I do peep shame is tweeting stuff very randomly, teasing a possibility. Hey, I want in on this as well. So we see that WWE is trying to kind of give that bridge between, hey, if you want to work your way into a premier spot for night two, you got to win on night one. And I'm all about that as well to give WrestleMania that additional spice. And some people will work twice, a.k.a. Cody and Seth. They'll be working twice on WrestleMania weekend and that can apply to whoever comes out of these matches as well. Outside of live and outside of live and Nia, if they choose to give the winner to Becky or Rhea, the night after in Philadelphia as well. Yep. All right. And now it's time for our main event of Monday night raw, which was Cody Rhodes versus Grayson Waller. Let me repeat that the main event of Monday night raw In San Jose, California at the tank was Cody Rhodes and Grayson Waller. It was all right. And this was not going to be a competitive match because Cody's got big business at WrestleMania and he's going to take care of business right here and there. His crossroads on Grayson Waller wins one, two, three. And then we get this long segment with Paul Heyman coming out because he's trying to tell Cody, Hey, we heard you challenge the rock to a match elimination chamber. You want to match one-on-one. And I'm telling you that that's not the best idea. Fall back because if you don't or else, you're not going to like the results. And Paul straight up said, I have people from the NYPD who have been suspended as my security. So you got rogue, thuggish officers (laughs) being the heavies for Paul Heyman. And Paul says, let me get in Cody's face with my rogue suspended nypd off-duty officers and started some shit and cody says no i said don't step up to me because if you do i'm gonna get to swinging and sure enough he did and he beat up all of the rogue nypd off-duty police officers who are suspended by the way and one brother my brother Hands up next time, because Cody straight up hit you in the head with that chair, crossroads all of the security. And Cody let Paul know that the bloodline isn't coming for me. I am coming for the bloodline. I'm going to hunt them down one by one. And Paul Heyman, in the year 2024, does not have one. But two trap phones, one for Roman Reigns and one for The Rock to get them both on the line to let them know that Cody is coming for them, and that sets up what happens on SmackDown. Main event aside, it was all right, but enjoyable closing segment as Cody's on a mission to take out the bloodline ahead of WrestleMania.
2: Yeah. Um we gotta we gotta talk about the fact that Cody Rhodes. You know, I'm not not buying that man as a fighter. But uh, Cody Rhodes went all Jack Reacher on him and decided to <laughs> just beat up six. In my, so these are these are the cops. These are the people we got defending the city, and we got one dude in a suit that can take them all out by himself. Come on, get on. What are we doing, Paul? You got to get better security. Get better help. Uh, I know. I know. You got the rock on your payroll now. I know you got a pay bump. No, you got a pay bump. These are the best you could do. Go, go call Tony D. Somebody in the family could do better than what these guys did. This is that's that's crazy. Um, shout out to Black History Month again. Uh, <laughs> Cody Luther King, you're not you're not exempt from it. You know, just because you get a pass, don't mean you get to do what you want. All right, take it from somebody who uh who 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 gets a pass, who actually has a pass that nobody knows has a pass. Your pass can be taken, real quick. Okay. Um, but it's we're in March now, so you're all good. Throw throw your chairs away. Um, but my man, like like Keila said, get your hands up. Hand hand down, hand down, your face down. Shout out to Mark Jackson.
1: Okay, with you. That is becoming a trend alert that I don't like in WWE. Like we're not doing unprotected chair shots in 2024. Please do better. AEW as well. Hands up. Don't go for the head. Dear God, what are we doing? Let's not regress. Concussions are real people. Brain damage is a real thing. CTE is real. So please stop for the head. I beg of thee. But yeah, is it believable that Cody took out the NYPD? No, but it's WWE and we will accept it because Scott, let's, let's think about this. They were suspended for a reason. Either they were rogue or they sucked at their jobs. It's one of the two.
2: Well, at least we found out which one it was.
1: Yes. Apparently, they suck at their jobs. They, they cannot not, fight.
2: They, they, weren't, they weren't rogue. That's what they told Paul Hamer. They got fired. <laughs> they, did, they, didn't, they didn't pass the test. They didn't pass the test, okay? They failed at the hand-to-hand combat part.
1: Yes, they all failed the self-defense class. They all got Fs as we clearly saw via how how Cody whooped their asses just like that. Very decisive beatdown to wrap up a pretty good Monday Night Raw for a hot crowd in San Jose, California. Shout out to Fight Game Media who went viral this week for having the homemade footage of Cody revealing... That a couple was having a baby boy imminently, and hopefully the baby boy will return to San Jose at the site of this gender reveal someday soon to remember where all of the magic went down. Cody is like legit, the face of WWE, doing these really cool after-show stuff, and it's a joy. And I like when these moments hit the scene on social media. I get a good laugh. I get I get a good laugh at it, and we saw the high def version by WWE a short time later, but fight game media got the scoops first. Shout out to GG and everybody that was at the show this past Monday.
2: Yeah. That's what we do. Get locked in. We got, we got all the scoops.
1: Absolutely. You never know where we are. Trust and believe that as we get to NXT. Now we've been very light on the NXT talk lately because our schedule has been kind of crazy, but to be completely honest with you guys, NXT hasn't been a great show lately and it feels like every time they have deadline in December which is usually a really good show for them and they build all this positive momentum for the new year it just kind of slips and we're in this malaise until stand and deliver and then there's like another malaise until the summer and for well over a year their demos have gone up year to year. Which, is in, which has been good. And some of that was due to some main roster flavor. But even without it, they've been able to sustain. But I'm seeing the slippage a bit. The quality is dipping. And you can see the viewership kind of declining because of that. And that's not a, a good metric heading into their move to the C-Dub in the fall. And the show itself is just kind of there. We got like one key storyline, Trick and Mellow, which I'm into. Trick will probably be back on Tuesday's NXT for Roblox heading into WrestleMania. Weekend in Philadelphia to face Mello, and we don't know the NXT title picture. It could be Dragon Off and Mello. It could be Dragon Off and Tony D'Angelo at this point. We don't know. It's very random how we're getting there. It's making things complicated more so than it should be. And I'm thinking about Joe Gacy being this dumbass character. And the straight jacket who broke free from Dijak's dungeon. That's just too campy, even for me. And it's go away heat in terms of I don't want to see this, even though Gacy's a really good wrestler. Just a lot of stuff on this show is just really junky and janky. And that should not be the case. Even the Wolf Dogs this week, that backstage segment, I don't know who directed Bond Breaker. But they had him at like a 25 in terms of hype, but he needed to be at like a 10. And I'm like, oh God, turn him down. That was the first time i like, no, this is too much because he is at his best being like, you know, hyped, but not that freaking hyped. And that turned me off in a big way. So the entire show heading into Sand and Deliver kind of a malaise right now hopefully it gets better for Roblox but I've been feeling like the shows has been average at best with very few things to hold on to right now in terms of excitement
2: you know as far as that goes and you're not wrong we we talked about it off the air how you know it seems like the last couple years they they just it's this time of year where they kind of Hit a str- hit hit, you know, they're just hit spinning the wheel, getting to, you know, roadblock, getting the stand and deliver, and then figuring out where they're going to go from there, who's going to be moving and stuff like that. One thing I I do think we have to keep in mind when it comes to NXT is, you know, we we are going to get periods like this because they are introducing new talent. They are giving new talent TV time. They are, you know, establishing, they're establishing Jada Parker right now you know, making sure people know who she is. She's getting attention. She's getting notoriety. Um, World stars talking about her. All of the, uh, the, the a lot of the black outlets, you know, social media-wise are, are, are you know, showing her, talking about her. You know, they're, some of them are talking about her looks. Some are talking about her swag. Regardless of what they're talking about, they're talking about her. And I think that's kind of the other piece of this is that this is still NXT and this is where they are grooming their people. Um, like you said we had von wagner show up all of a sudden you know he hadn't been wrestling for for months and so now he's back he's wrestling so there's tv time there Lexis king is still establishing his character which i think he's done a really good job with um so I, I i think that definitely plays a part into the lulls and stuff like that and i do think they need to do a better job of mixing it in but i think that's part of it is They want to introduce these new characters while they have the viewership, while they have these new viewers. They want to introduce these new characters. And like with Jada Parker, it's working. People are attaching. People are are interested. They're intrigued by what they see. They like what they see. She's got something. There's absolutely a presence. She's a good-looking girl. She's got a lot going for her. But then you got the the other ones that aren't working, that aren't quite as smooth. And so you just have to, they have to do a better job of mixing it. But this is what we're going to get with NXT at different points of the year.
1: Yeah. And I kind of hope they find a better balance because we don't see them in the main roster. We used to when they had no idea how WrestleMania was going to go. And there was a time during Vince's competent years when they had it mapped out months in advance. And then the last Few WrestleManias before he was gone was like, we don't know, maybe we'll figure it out in January, we'll patchwork in February, and here we go. But with Triple H in charge, you do see like a forward plan, even a year in advance as to what they're going to do heading into next year's WrestleMania. And I kind of want Shawn Michaels to take that approach to NXT. You know that deadline is at core Bridge to Vengeance Day and Ultimately Stand and Deliver. This is your biggest show of the year. This is your equivalent of a takeover. And you want to build it up. You want these TV shows to mean something. And for the last couple of years, it hasn't meant much. And it's telling that the only boost you'll get is via the main roster. And you can't be as reliant on them when you do have the talent in Orlando to actually put together a good show You've seen you guys do it. Can you do it consistently? You got to remember what time of the year it is. The main roster doesn't slip in that. They have the Warrior Rumble. They have Elimination Chamber. Those are two events leading into WrestleMania. NXT has the exact same thing with one television special mix in the mix as well. So I just want them to have a better focus in terms of what they want to do, how they want to get there and better utilize the time and not focus so much on the junkiness and people, that might need to be focused on after send and deliver Jada Parker. I think she's a standout. She's got something when Carmela sees it, like, okay, you got something because she was down there and she perfected what she needed to do to get to the main roster. And Jada's got that. And that's a bless, but at the same time, maybe that needs to be reset for post send and deliver. And then she can have a bigger spotlight into the summer and maybe in that breakout tournament scene, heading into the summer and fall as well.
2: I think she'll be on Stand and liver. and I think that's why they're they're heating her up, they're getting her ready. I think she'll she'll find a spot on that card, but you know, the the show will be. I think Roadblock will be a good show. Stand and liver will be good. Um, and I I think once I think once we get past WrestleMania, I, I do think there is there are some plans in place. Like I do think we will, uh, once we you know we get past the Trick Mellow thing and we can start going into. Uh, who's going to start carrying it? Because after that, it's like, all right, you know, who who's going to have that title match? Who's going to be the first challenger? So then I think things start getting intriguing. We'll have some people start coming down. So, yeah, we're in the lull right now, but I think once we get through this, I think I, I do have faith that Sean's going to have some good stuff planned for us for that first NXT.
1: Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. You got us up at like 1130 a.m., dude. So, so it better be good, okay? Yeah, for sure. You got me up. You know, I was up at 5 a.m. And I didn't make it almost for the show because that 7.30 low hit my ass. But 11.30, I should be a little bit better. But in some notable news, we did have a return. And that return was Sean Spears laying out with Holland with a steel chair playing to that chairman gimmick from AEW. So your thoughts on Sean Spears returning to NXT, not as the Perfect 10 Ty Dillinger, but Sean Spears,
2: I think Sean Spears, the wrestler, is going to to help out. I think he'll just have an, another veteran down there who people recognize, people they know. I think that'll work out well. Where I think Todd, where I think this is not going to work, is where he was at his best was kind of that that underdog babyface that was always like one win away. You know, it was always just. That's one thing NXT just did so well was create these baby faces who were always just one win away. Then when they got that big win, just they had so much momentum and they would be able to carry that momentum wherever they were going, whether it was to a title shot or to the title. We saw in AEW that the chairman gimmick and and and, and, and Sean Spears being this darkish, you know, mischievous wannabe Phantom of the Opera without the mask, it doesn't work. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't work he he's got to go back to being that, but he, I would have much rather him come out and be like, you know, come out with a mission statement. Look, this, I'm, this is why I'm back. I want the NXT title. I never got it. I had a shot, but I never got it. It's something that's been bugging me and driving me crazy ever since then. Cause this is where I, this is where I called home. I'm back home. I want I want that title. That's, that's the Ty Dillinger. He don't have to have the 10. He can be Sean Spears. He don't have to have the 10, but he, him being that that babyface that people can get behind—that's where that's where he had his most success. That's where people cared about him the most. People can say what they want about the chair thing, but that has more to do with Cody because you saw what happened after that. What did it, what did Sean Spears do of, of relevancy after Cody Rhodes? And I'll wait. So I just I, I I I'm not I'm cool with Sean Spears coming back. I'm just I wish he would have came back as the babyface with a mission statement instead of the chairman looking for somewhere to sit.
1: Yes. And cutting a very wordy moody promo in the parking lot that didn't resonate with me at all. Like that's not what got you over in the first place. And we remember him as a Cinderella of NXT takeovers. He would be in the opening match and he would give like this crazy performance and he'll lose. And I remember for years, I'm like, can this guy get a win? And I think it happened maybe once, but Overall, this guy was plucky. He was defiant. He was over as a babyface that just needed that one key victory at a takeover. And it, maybe it happened after kind of refresh my memory. memory, But he was so close so many times. And I made this story so cool at these takeovers. But now we're kind of above that. Now it's these PLEs, really no titles to them, except it's Battleground. And it's Stand and Deliver. And it's Vengeance Day and it's no mercy and it's deadline those are the events and now it's going to be up to him to kind of get over again but now is this kind of broody baby face will it work i don't know can he be the underdog a bit that was more natural for him we'll see but good introduction visually but the backstage parking lot stuff not so much and for rich holland I don't know what the hell this is. He comes out. He says, you blame me for taking action against three heels. And now I'm the bad guys. Like you come down for the main roster. You come back here to NXT and I see your potential, but I really don't know who you're supposed to be. And that is a problem. And you got Sean Spears back in the mix, trying to elevate you. And ultimately he'll beat him. But what does it do for Rich Holland?
2: Yeah, I don't have much for Rich. I don't have much to say about Rich Holland. Um, story, I mean, they're, they're trying to do something with him, so there's that. We'll see where it goes. Um, this will be a nice uh, – I don't know if this will be roadblock, but this will probably go go all the way to stand and deliver. I can see this match happening there.
1: Me too. And it'll be decent. That's all it'll be. It'll be all right. And Sean Spears will get a good win at a PLE. Good for him. But that's basically the NXT report. It was just a show, guys. Nothing really to write home about. The Tony D'Angelo mix at the end of the contract signing that was supposed to be for Melo and Dragunov for Roblox is now basically a number one contenders match between Tony D'Angelo and Carmelo Hayes for a shot at Dragunov at stand and deliver. I expect the match to be very good, but I fully expect Trick Williams to come back. And will he cost mellow the match? We'll see. But it's random. I love Tony D. I think it's a good idea to get him out of the tag team scene with Stacks. But adding him this late at this juncture, it's a choice.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: And that's all Scott has to say because NXT is just, you know, is there. And we watch and we try to cover and it's like, mm. Even our guys outcasts, couldn't beat the good fellas this week. I'm like, you know. And now they could potentially face Breaker and Corbin as send and deliver. And that is a team they could drop the titles to.
2: Nah, they, they won't lose to them.
1: They better not. Like, I need Bron and Moonlight a little while longer and drop them to Axiom and Nathan Fraser. That's who so you need to drop the titles to. Why are you saying no to that? That's like nah, the they're best
2: not team. They, oh, they, they are. They're a great team, but they're not going to lose to them.
1: Okay, who you got then?
2: Oh, man. I could see them losing to uh, to uh the to the Bloods. I think they could lose to them. I could see them getting the elevation there. Um, you know
1: I cannot
2: nuck a few buck. <laughs> um, I uh them franchise boys. That's what I'm gonna start calling them. Them franchise <laughs> boys. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's that's who I do think they'll probably end up losing. I think they're gonna try to elevate somebody with the titles, and uh, they've been elevating them for a while. So I can see them losing to them. And that's a that's a good heel team for Nathan and Axiom to conquer and topple.
1: Yes, I can see that down the road. I I had to think about the blood. So you're talking about oh, the Crips. There we go.
2: Yeah, Scripps and his Crips.
1: Scripps and his Crips. Yes, yes, yes. So I can see that too. Love Bronco Nema, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I still got axiom and Nathan as a long game here, but I do not want the Good Brothers to walk out with those titles and want AJ to pimp slap them one more time for good measure. Why not? But with that. Let's move on to Friday Night Smackdown on Fox going down from a sold-out Glendale, Arizona. And we got a 40-minute bloodline segment. 40 minutes. WWE uploaded the full 30 on YouTube, which is something they don't do. But I think it was due to the fact that we got blacked out at various points during this opening segment because Fox said, oh my God, there's a die rocky die sign in the crowd. That's, ooh, we got to black that out. So they got blacking out the screen. Like, what the hell? I'm thinking, is it my cable going out? Is there a satellite problem? Is there a bird on the line? What's happening here? But we basically got Roman Reigns coming out alongside Paul Heyman, Jimmy Uso, and Paul Heyman, and Solo Sokoa. And he's basically telling the Glendale and Phoenix crowd acknowledge me, acknowledge me. And they give him like some booze. And it's like, we're done here. I fulfill my obligation. Get the jet ready. Paul, let's get out of here. And then Paul says, we're not done. The Rock's got to come out and do his chick. And we'll be right back after these commercial, after these messages from the commercial break, we come back and the Rock's music hits and the Rock comes out in Versace again, trend alert. This is a tight ass Versace shirt, right? Tight, 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 tight pants, tight shirt, tight everything. But I will say when he did the 21 minute promo on social media, he is leaning. He is getting lean for WrestleMania, which is good because you can't carry that body mass around you if you're going to be working a match. Good for the cardio. So he comes out and he drags Glendale for being the number one city for crack and cocaine and the fans cheer at this stat. And we have Roman Reigns in the cut, visibly annoyed at his cousin, taking up the spotlight and Roman is like over it, but the rock is oblivious. Or if not, he's like, Hmm, getting under your skin. And he's doing his stick, talking about the hometown, talking about the town he's in kind of going by his promo on social media talking about pro wrestling's cool again. It's buzzy. It's the talk of the town. We're selling at houses in Glendale. We're going to do it in Dallas. We're going to do it in Memphis. And I'm going to issue a challenge to Cody because he thinks he can challenge me to a match one-on-one. No, 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 no. I don't do that. In fact, I want to challenge you and your clown emoji, your walking clown emoji, Seth Rollins, your new best friend, the world heavyweight champion, to a tag team match against myself, the great one, and the... Universal Champion Roman Reigns in a tag team match at WrestleMania 40, night one. And I got some stipulations for you to consider. If we lose, no bloodline interference at WrestleMania, it is going to be a fair fight, one-on-one. Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns rematch, Universal Championship. However, if we beat you guys... That means that it will be bloodline rules at WrestleMania. Solos out there, Jimmy's out there, I'm out there. Maybe I'm on commentary. Maybe I'll get up and hit you with a steel chair. It's anything goes and you have no shot to win this championship. So show up to Dallas next week, accept the challenge, take the fight, take your lumps, take the loss like the men that you're supposed to be. And as The Rock is ready to do his catchphrase, if you smell, but the rock is cooking. We have Roman Reigns grab the rock's wrist right before he brings a microphone to his mouth. And Roman says, this is all well and good. I'm all for the tag team match, but I need something from you. And the crowd goes, ooh, what do you need? What do you want? And the rock looks at him and the Roman looks at the, and Roman looks at the rock and Roman says, I want you To acknowledge me. And the fans buzz like, oh shit, this is taking a turn now. Where is this going to go? And there's tension and you feel it in the air and the rock takes off his shades and he tells the people, he tells Roman directly, your family, your blood. And so I acknowledge you. Roman Reigns, as my tribal chief, and the fans chant, you sold out. And The Rock says, that's family. That's blood. You don't understand this. This is above what you need to know heading into WrestleMania. And the bloodline's more united than ever. They hug it out. And then The Rock defers to Roman to say, if you smell but the bloodline is cooking, we have everybody stand in a uniform line it threw up the ones. Scott says that the Rock's thumb is broken, so therefore it's supposed to be a one, but it's an L. I think it's an L for loser. That's what I think it is. But overall, I thought this was an all time epic segment. It went over a little bit long for me, but it hit all the points. Solo has some moments too when the Rock said, Hey, Solo might sing the national anthem at WrestleMania. And Solo, that's his happy face all the time. So Solo's getting over to. And I'm thinking this is going to lead to Seth and Cody losing this tag team match at WrestleMania. We're going to get an all bloodline warfare main event. And I think that Roman is going to suffer because what did Cody say? I'm going to take everything from you, including your bloodline. I'm not satisfied until you lose it all. And I think the Empire Falls or WrestleMania at The Rock's hands because I do think in my heart of hearts, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Board of Directors of TKO, is in fact a double agent, is in fact a double agent out to do good at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, this was a good segment. Um, the Rock was was great, and Roman's got great facial expressions throughout the entire thing. Uh, we get the tag match that a lot of people had uh, talked about and predicted a lot of different ways you can go with that tag match. Uh, the, the finish is very intriguing as far as who takes the pin. Uh, you know, to me, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't see the rock coming back to lose his one match. <clears throat> so I see him pinning Seth Rollins, Rollins taking that second pin uh, from uh, Drew McIntyre the following night. And then I think after Cody Rhodes finishes his story, Seth Rollins turns on him the raw after WrestleMania. Um, can't have two uber baby faces together because you know Rollins has you know need something for Rollins to do. I could see him turning on Cody since Cody will be on SmackDown at that point, so you'll keep them separated for a while. That could be Rollins' way out or something like that. But yeah, this is, um the, the tag match is interesting because there's you know that means Roman's working double duty. He's pulling both nights. So he'll be doing a lot of the movement in that match. And then you got Seth Rollins who'll be coming back from an injury. He'll be working both nights. So again, the, the, it's very intriguing to see Cody Rhodes and the rock cross paths in the match. That's going to be a lot of fun to see Seth Rollins and the rock cross paths. Um, the rock was talking about in his 20 minute promo. I We've never even talked to each other, even though Seth Rollins was a part of power bombing him on Monday night raw, but that's a whole other thing. Um, this is, this is a great hook. Um, and this is absolutely going to close out night one. So um, I do want to give my condolences to EO and Bailey, who will not be closing out night one. But um, this will be a fun tag match.
1: It will. And I'm pissed. Like Bailey and EO had a great story. They bring numbers, and now they're not going to be main event in WrestleMania. Like great. <sighs> business is business i suppose but I, I understand it but at the same time like it sucks it really does but they're gonna deliver they're gonna do what they got to do same thing with ria and charlotte last year they wanted to be in the main event spot but they and, and they still delivered a better match than the actual main event well i, I don't want to say that because i have to remember what the main event was but it was on par with the main event of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos for the Undisputed Tag Team titles. I want to catch myself because I'm thinking about WrestleMania's past, but yeah, it was of of equal value to that match. So you just got to go out there and put on a show and make them think about what could have been if they were in the main event spot. That's all you can do, ball out. But overall, really good segment. My one critique for The Rock moving forward is please be mindful of the time because Things got cut, things got rushed, and I don't want the women's division to be a victim of that moving forward. Tiffany Stratton and Naomi had their time cut, interest is cut, did not like that. So please, cartel the segment's a bit better than having 40 minutes of conversation and then having to rush through some of the show, which I think is a bit much. And in most cases, the women's division suffers because of it.
2: Yeah, um, but that's, I mean, that's, that's the rock though. You know, you kn- he's not going to have us you're not going to give him a script he's going to say whatever he feels like and how he he's absolutely playing to the crowd you could tell he was out there ad-libbing a lot the 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 crackhead Karens and the merry methods. like he's just playing with the crowd at that point so um i agree with you especially when it comes to tiffy time i'm all in on tiffy time i want more as much of that as i can get and uh you know the the discourse about naomi is, is ridiculous also as well um you know people want her to be in the the main event in one of the women's titles. Like those plans are probably set for a while. She came in. She, I think she's been positioned right near the top of the car. Like she lost to Tiffany Stratton, who was on her way up. Like let's not act like she lost to Natalia or something. No disrespect to Natalia, but or Tegan Knox or somebody like that. She lost to Tiffy Time. There's gonna be a lot of people, a, a lot of upset people in the coming weeks when it comes to Tiffy Time because that 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 ain't stopping no time soon.
1: No, that train is up and running, and I'm very happy about that, and that discourse with Naomi as well. She just got back about a month ago. Like, what's set in stone is set in stone at WrestleMania. It's not going to pivot that much, but we're thinking about the summer. Naomi's good for the summer. There's money in the bank. There's possibilities down the road. She's going to be fine, and SmackDown really is, to me, a better spot versus Monday Night Raw that's too crowded for me. You got Naomi, you got Bianca, you got Jade there, you got Tiffany. You got EO, you got Bailey. There are possibilities there. And that's a good spot for Naomi. And you know, she'll find a spot at WrestleMania. They'll they'll find a showcase, believe that. But yeah, she's been back a month, guys. It's been locked in for months ahead as to the WrestleMania direction. She'll be good in the summertime when they kind of shake things up. If they're gonna do a draft, honestly, they shouldn't fuck a draft. It doesn't matter. Let the people flow between shows. It's okay at this point. Vince is gone. There might be a mute point now, but yeah, she's good. She's good. And they had a good match on Friday. And it's no coincidence that Tiffany for the first time on the main roster hit a picture perfect prettiest moonsault ever. And I attribute that to black magic. I sure do.
2: That's fine. I mean, (laughs) yes. You can, but I attribute that to Tiffy time. That's that's all That's all Tiffy time.
1: But she hit it perfectly first she time. Did. That's true.
2: But hey, I, I can't deny facts. And yes. facts are facts. <laughs> Fact, facts are facts. It, it's a, it took a sister to get it right. So it is what it <laughs> Thank is. Thank you. It there we go. It, it took
1: a sister it to perfectly hit the landing. Okay? And, it, and it had a good match. For the time they were given. I really enjoyed it. They have, they have good chemistry. When he said it, we explored sometime, time with more time on Smackdown in the weeks to come. As we get to the aforementioned betrayal of that snake, that Judas, Dakota Kai, who turned on Bailey, as we knew she would. Poor Bailey got beat down by damage control. But I got to be honest, this was a muted beatdown. In all honesty, I wanted like... A more vicious assault. One of the more violent assaults I saw on SmackDown was almost four years ago when Bailey beat the ever-loving hell out of Sasha Banks. That was a brutal beatdown. I wanted like a four-on-one decisive ass whooping on Bailey, and then she'll find some friends that she needs to make amends to help her out heading into WrestleMania. But I thought this is a relatively light ass whooping. I expected a bit more. It was good, but I wanted some bit more violence here. This was pretty much a love tap to say peace out. We got damage control. We got Dakota Kai with us, and she's not going anywhere in Dakota. She's still not cleared, obviously. So that was just basically window dressing, which I understood. But the beat down to me was like, mm, I expected more. I'm not going to lie. I-
2: yes and i I do but i think this was more about establishing the fact that you know bailey really has no friends like dakota was the the last person and cheddar biscuits for dakota by the way shout shout out to dakota kai great you look great coming back um bailey has no friends and i think that was the main thing was like this was her last friend this was her last one and the way she was slapping the match she was kind of like I knew it, but this was my last person I could turn to that I could I thought I could trust. So now I think I think next week or the week after Bailey's going to get you know a little bit of redemption. She'll catch somebody slipping and and, and beat her down or something. But th- I think we're going to get that serious beat down next. We saw Jade take a look. You know she's interested in that title. And, and, and I mentioned before, she is the one person that Bailey has not done wrong. She ain't done nothing right for. But she's the one person that Bailey has not done wrong, and that could be her saving grace. Bianca's the ultimate baby face, and she's somebody else who I could see. You know, I know I know people were talking about her versus Tiffany Stratton, and that would be a, a nice big time match for Tiffany to have. She better not in Bianca's streak. But I think Bianca, her and Jade being that—I mean, that's that's a hell of a force you have behind you if you're Bailey. You like you got your damage control. I got some, I got some for y'all too. And then you come out with Jade and Bianca, you better stop. Um, I mean, that's just, that's, that's an incredible, that's an incredible trio all around in every way possible.
1: Yes, it is. Tremendous trio. (laughs) It's a beautiful trio actually. And we did see Jade stare down, damage control backstage. Love that angle, by the way. Really did. And uh, we had, I want to say Nigel McGinnis, but that's not who that is. It was Nick Aldis.
2: <laughs> i I... I...
1: Nah, I was about to say,
2: I get it. But then I was like, Nick, N- Nigel. <laughs> I, I, I was like, Nick, Nigel, there's the Nye. I guess there's nye. I the, had the, the N I,
0: I, had the N-I, had
2: N-I correct.
1: N-I, so there's that. I have Nigel on the brain because I saw some clips of him talking shit on Collision. He's like a great commentator. So he's on my brain right now. But yeah, Nick Aldis, pull Jade aside. We still have not, we still have not determined where Jade's going to be. Either SmackDown or Monday Night Raw. We'll see about it. But I like the possibilities of an Avengers like situation for Bailey to call up Bianca, call up Jade, call up maybe Naomi for an assist. And there you go. There's the help.
2: Oh, she she getting, she getting the whole crew. Yes. She said, let me get, let me get every, you got your, you got your, 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 your Gaijin crew. Let me get every (laughs) sister. I can. I, we Wakanda forever. (laughs)
1: Wakanda forever for real. Yes. Let me get my Wakandan Warriors together. Okay. Let me tell you something. If you get
2: those three coming out as a squad, just coming out as a squad in any type of way, shape, or form, you thought World Star was going crazy about Jada. <laughs> you thought Joe <laughs> Button, 520 podcast, you thought they were talking about Jada. Wait till they see them three in the ring together.
1: Woo! Problems, you hear me? Problems. Kind of need that super match, really do. That'd be a hell of an eight woman tag team match, no lie.
2: I think that's a great that's a great SmackDown match to have. It's a great eight man SmackDown match.
1: Yes, absolutely. So let's speak that into existence. Bailey needs friends post haste. Since my four horsewoman idea is dead, Mercedes heading to the dub. Big business in Boston, Boston keyword in a couple of weeks. And she's looking great. So maybe in the year 2028, we'll get the four horse women on one accord. I don't know. I don't know. That's Monday.
2: That's a a
1: long ways away. It's a long haul. It is, but it's going to happen. I believe in one day. I do. As we now get to our main event of Friday Night SmackDown, it was Randy Orton versus Austin Theory. And Austin Theory, I've said many things about this man on this show. And I've said before, I think he has a personality. He's a great dumbass. That's a compliment. He's a great dummy as a character, great goof. As a heel on this show to be taken seriously, not so much, not my favorite. John Cena said what he said last year heading into WrestleMania. He was proving a profit. Not much has changed for Austin Theory. But I will tell you on this here microphone, A-Town down, despite that L, represented. He saved a spot in this match. Randy was going for a superplex. Randy slipped. And Austin Theory kind of improvised midair and kind of did like this reverse RKO. Now, I don't know how the bump was supposed to go because Randy popped on up because I think Randy's supposed to take the brunt of the bump. But, you know, it was a great save nonetheless. Really enjoyed the match. Kevin Owens going off of commentary, always fun. Then we had MVP spot number two. So we have Austin Theory going for his rolling, rolling, rolling spot through the ropes, jumps up, and then he gets RKO'd for the victory. Great sell job by Austin Theory. After the match is over, we got Grayson Waller trying to make the save for his friend. We've got a double team by both guys on Randy Orton. Kevin Owens makes the save. And we have Austin Theory stick his nose in people's business. And Kevin Owens delivers a stunner. And Austin Theory flies 12 feet in the air, takes the bump, and lands great sell job then Grayson Waller eats an rko by Randy Orton to end the show with the babyface standing tall now i think that wwe can recognize the value of Austin theory great selling he's a good wrestler i think it might be time to test a babyface run and the way to do that is if he realizes grayson waller ain't shit and based on what happened at Elimination Chamber and what could be going down, heading into WrestleMania, that might be the chosen direction. And we'll see if the audience bites. But the selling, the, imp- the improv, and how the show ended is really good. A good night for Austin Theory despite the L.
2: Yeah, I saw the uh, the, the superplex spot. And, you know, when Orton does his, his superplex, he, he starts on that middle rope and then he has that, usually that left foot on the top rope, and he takes that big step up, and he does it all in one motion. Big step up, big one movement, uh, top rope superplex. When he slipped down, he caught himself, and he and he had and it looked like he was ready to stay there with Austin Theory, and Austin Theory had already flipped over. So a good job of improvising, I think, by both guys, or able to catch himself and then just go with Austin Theory in the momentum. Cause you see Orton pop up like normally he would hit that superplex spot. So good call there. Uh, Austin theory put in a, look like he was uh, trying to have a competition with Matt McClung to see who has the highest vertical when he came through that <laughs> that uh, roll through Uh beautiful RKO right there. So, and uh, you know, I could, I, Orton doesn't quite have a, I was thinking maybe Orton versus drew at WrestleMania that's out the back. So Maybe we get a three-way for that U.S. title with Orton KO and, and uh, Logan Paul, which could be a lot of fun. You can protect Orton a little bit more so we don't have to take any crazy bumps. Logan Paul, and no one's can take care of all those, the big bumps. They can go through the announce tables. You know Logan Paul is going to splash somebody through an announce table, maybe grab a phone. So I think that's a good way to go for that. That's a nice three-way to have uh, good stakes. And if Logan Paul was to come out on top in that match, that's a hell of a way to do it, man. Nice nice win over those two guys. but. Match was fine. Um, Orton is my guy, did his thing. And uh you know, that maybe that could work, but I think the best thing to do with Austin Theory as far as the baby face goes, because I just don't know if Grayson Waller has enough behind him to get the impact you want for Austin Theory. I think you gotta take him off TV for a while. Just just take him completely off TV, let him just, you know, he can do house shows or stuff like that, but just take him off TV. And when you do decide that it's time to bring him back down the road after WrestleMania, after whatever you got going on, you start talking about his story and how uh, the family that he's lost and why he lives his life the way he does. And and the choices that he made, because he does have a very good uh, baby face story, you know, about how young he was when he got into wrestling, why he got into it and all that stuff. So there's a very good and intriguing story with Austin theory that they can tell. But I think, they there's a lot of recency bias. Like you, you keep bringing up and, and, and very validly. So you bring up the John Cena promo where he, he said, you know, nothing's going to change. And I think that that is probably in a lot of people's mind. Like, yeah, but he's still lost in theory. He's still the guy who, who who wanted to hold Vince McMahon's pooped golden egg, you know, was excited about that. So that that's, that's still the guy that a lot of people see. So you take him off TV for at, at least four months. And I know that's a long time, especially in this day and age, like four months sounds like forever. But give that man four months off TV, then you start doing some video packages, bringing them back, you know, talking about, you know, I've had some time to sit back, reflect, think about it and go back to who I was at the beginning, why I got into this, why I got started, who, how, go back to who I am. There's a great story there, but you need time for people to forget what he's done right now, what, he, what he's in the middle of right now with this Grayson Waller thing. And then when he comes back, Grayson Waller like, hey, what's up, man? And also like, hey, you know, what's up? I'm not into that what we were doing before and all that. Now he's got his first opponent right there. But I think you got to take him just completely off TV for a while if you want to do that.
1: Yeah. And I think the best way to do that is to actually have Grayson Waller whoop his ass just take him off t- television he did it for Johnny Gargano when Johnny had to make the decision you know back in 2022 where do I want to go what do I want to do and he ultimately decided to resign with the WWE and I think that Austin Theory can take the ass whooping get some heat on Grayson Wall to go away for a few months and then you build him back up because as you said he said he has a great babyface origin story it reminds me of crazily enough Von Wagner and that how we cared about him via his backstory which was real that made me emotional because he was emotional and that's how people love him I mean he's a lovable giant and he's getting about five cheddar biscuits out of me recently so that helps and I want theory <laughs> to to possibly earn a biscuit from me at some point n- not just because you're from Atlanta so I need you to earn the biscuits, okay? If you could come back and, you know, give Kevin Owens a reason to say what I said to you a couple of years ago about you being like, hey, a dime a dozen, you are gonna come and go, I'm one in a million, make that mean something to say, hey, you proved me wrong because that is also in the back of my mind as well that you see the potential there, but there's that barrier. And I think that him going away, resetting as a baby face with some layers to him is gonna do him a world of good down the road. Do not laugh at me and how I gave Von Wagner at least five cheddar biscuits. Okay, he earned them. He did.
2: Listen, Von's my guy, but you giving Frankenstein's monster five cheddar biscuits is a choice. <laughs> so, like, 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 like the people you have at the table is just like a smorgasbord. Like, you got Ludwig who has his own waiter making him biscuits right there, <laughs> and you got Von Wagner at the table right beside him. Like Ludwig looking at this dude like. Y'all really got us in the same restaurant what we got going on. I mean, we don't discriminate, but like, come on, man. Now, that's, a of, that's a hell of a a hell of a group right there. That's a hell of a dinner party.
1: It is. But I want to be very clear that Vaughn is not sitting next to Ludwig. That's Julius Creed sitting right uh, next right. to Ludwig. Okay, let's be fair. Vaughn right, is yeah, in up. the corner somewhere that he can easily Oh, get see, up. that's even worse. <laughs>
2: that's even worse. You, don't even invite him. You put baby in the corner, just don't even invite him.
1: At least it's in the corner. This time last year, he had no path to the biscuits.
2: He would probably rather be home looking finding the fast food secrets guy and getting his own ingredient and getting his own recipe for the biscuits instead of sitting in the corner. So now you got people just looking at him wondering why the big guy's in the corner.
1: Well, listen, if that's the case, you go to Kroger's, you can go to the biscuit aisle and get the actual store-bought red lobster cheddar biscuits and bake them at home.
2: It ain't the same.
1: Well. He should be very thankful. He's getting real hot out the oven, actual cheddar biscuits from red lobster.
2: Listen, it's your uh, it's it's your time at the restaurant. So however you want to do it. If you want to have the big guy in the corner crying to himself because you don't want him to have no friends, because you cause you got Lou, you gotta make sure Lou Wig and Julia's got four tables so they can have a table <laughs> of biscuits apiece while they're sitting with their honeys. That's on you. That's your choice. Like, cause you know you got to make room for Tiffany. You know Tiffany's gonna be
1: there. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. I get it. It is what it is. Listen, that's future wife right there for Ludwig, okay? I saw how she was looking at that man
2: doing uh, the Bianca
1: and Montez's premiere. Better lock it down.
2: Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There are a couple times where Beyonce be telling the truth. All right, Better stop playing and put a ring on it, boy. Because Let me tell you
1: something.
2: (laughs) Tiffany's the one. (laughs) She the one, bro.
1: Yes. She the one. I saw how she was looking at him like, you need to lock that down end of the year. Because when she look at you like that, yeah, put a ring on. It is time. Damn, man. She, mm-hmm. the one, dude. she the one, like... Lock it down, Ludwig. I'm telling you. Like If you look back at the footage as she looking at you, lock it down. The woman's in love, homie. Lock it down, lock it down, lock it down. I think she didn't know they're looking for a dream apartment. So they're moving up. So handle it, Ludwig. Handle your business. Get on your Gunther shit. Because he's now a husband and a father and you see how that man is living his best life. Getting ready to take a L. (laughs) And he is not mad at it. He says, I've had a long reign. I'm moving on up the championship chain, and I'm happy about it.
2: Shout out to Smiley Gunther.
1: Yes, the best, the best. So with that, after that random discussion for the last three minutes, let's get to the best damn television match we saw this week across WWE, whether it was Monday Night Raw, NXT, NXT maybe NXT level up, maybe main event, maybe SmackDown on Fox. But Scott, your pick for the best match you saw from WWE this week. I got the tag match,
2: man. I I, I really enjoyed the tag team match. I thought it was a lot of fun. And um, I think Kofi and Xavier reminded everybody why they are uh, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Not, not of, of today's era, um, not of the past 20 years of all time. And I think they reminded everyone of that.
1: Yes, they're special. They're so good. And they're so great at this. And they've been more serious lately, which is great. And they got over ludwig and giovanni and they delivered a great match i also agree that was the best match from wwe this week at the time physical violent really good they took some hits along the way and i really enjoyed it and i hope this win boosts imperium heading into wrestlemania season and i think that nick aldis and adam pierce have an announcement to make regarding the tag team titles rumor on the street is they might split them potentially so that's case I'm all for that because you got tag teams on Raw and you got tag teams on SmackDown. And I think it's time to separate the two. And most importantly, get some new belts. For God's sakes, I am tired of the Michigan State Spartan belts. It's been too long. Let's get them down pieces out of here. Give me some new customized belts, Triple H. It is time. It is time. It is time.
2: Yeah, they've updated all the belts. So I, I expect the same for this one. This is the last one. I need an a nice update. We'll split the titles. Uh that'd be good. Uh each show will have its own, you know, its own identity now. Uh we'll potentially have less crossover, but that won't last long. But yeah, this is uh this is good. I think they, they've done a good job of separating the brands as far as the GMs and, and creating that. So yeah, I'm all for that.
1: Yes. And I think sporadic brand hopping makes sense to me. That's why there's no point. Of doing a draft, honestly. Like, what's the point when they're going to jump anyway? There's no set and fast rules. And with that person being gone from WWE, just do what you need to do. This company thrives and there's more integration between shows and you can do the hop around and there's no, you know, loose and fast rule to it, which makes sense to me. Now, you can reshuffle when need be, but a draft at this point is dumb and they never do it right. Now, under new management, maybe with Lee fitting there, you could do a true sports draft of the NFL template of SmackDown and Raw being on the clock. And then you can really draft potentially from NXT, SmackDown, and Raw, and right Raw, not? If it's a professional sports presentation. If not, don't do it. hmm Yep. All right, and with that, this is a wrap for this week's episode right here on the Fiky Media Network. We thank you for listening and joining in on the conversation recapping the week that was in WWE. I want to thank my co-captain, Softy Scott Young, for joining me, as always, to chop it up when it comes to everything that happened in WWE this
2: past week. Thank you, Keila. as always. It's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. Hashtag justice for Liv Morgan. And uh, looking forward to uh, see what the rocks got in store for us uh, this coming week. I'm hoping we get another, another viral uh, 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 social media promo rant. Give me 10 minutes this time. And then uh, give me just 20 on the, on the actual one. But yeah, looking forward to this week.
1: He's going to give you 35 combined. Hopefully combined 35 minutes of just some talking shit. I need that. I need that weekly rock viral video of him talking and shading Cody's dog. And I need Yeti, the little cute little palm, and Pharaoh to appear in Dallas if they can make it there and shit on The Rock stuff. I'm tired of him. The slander of Pharaoh is just too much for me. But most importantly, I'm looking forward to the next egregious Versace fit The Rock is gonna wear in 2024, putting Versace back on the map. I know that's right. Right. All right, we'll be back next Monday morning recapping the week that was in WWE. It should be a fun one, so stay locked in with us right here on the Fight Game Media Network, and we might have some special guests because we know what time it is. It is the WrestleMania rush, and we might have some special guests to get you ready for the biggest time and the most busiest, exciting time of the year. So until next week. That's this week for myself and Salty Scott Young. Enjoy the week ahead for WWE. And we'll be back next Monday for a fresh episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Take care and bye-bye.